Well, my story starts 76 years ago. I was born into a very loving family, the fourth child of a family of five, but the only girl. Life was simple. My mother was always at home with us. My father worked hard to provide for us. And uh, I always knew, even as a child, that I needed to be saved. I never knew a time in my life that I wasn't told about heaven. I was told about hell. I was told about the commandments. And I was told, and we were brought, we were sent to Sunday school, and we were taken to church. Now, we belong to the Church of Ireland, and if anybody that goes there will know that you say the creed week by week, and you said he was crucified, dead, and buried. And I said that, and I knew that, but I did not know what the Lord Jesus Christ went through. You know, just those three words, crucified, dead, buried. And that's my life. Um, I got, uh, I met and married Trevor in 1970, although he has an English accent and was born in England and reared in England, his grandmother lived a mile up the road from us. So when he came over to visit, I went to visit as well. And the rest is history, right? Now God blessed us with two children, Lynn and Glenn. And you all probably know Glenn, he does the door week by week here. Now, they were two completely different children. Lynn always needed a company. She always needed friends around her. She always has to be in some sort of activity. Glenn was completely different. He liked being on his own. He liked his own company and just doing his own thing. Now, the difference again was Lynn was healthy Glenn wasn't. Every wee childhood illness that every child takes, mumps, measles, chicken pox, so on and so forth, led to a chest infection, led to a stay in hospital. And uh, that went on and on, and he seemed to get better and stronger after he was about seven years of age. Now, his learning, uh, he didn't seem to be, he seemed to have a problem with learning. And we put it down to this, and we put it down to that, and we put it down to something else. But um, the gap in his learning got further and further apart. He was two years in P1, and his peers always thought that he'd be able to catch up. And uh, sad to say, that wasn't so. And I remember one day, I was going into the doctors, and I um, was going for a prescription for my daddy, and I happened to see the doctor was coming out, and uh, I just said to him, just out of the blue, I don't know where it came from, I just said, uh, Doctor, is it possible to chat to somebody, to chat to the doctor, even though you're not sick? And he walked over, and he lifted the appointment book, and he marked off three five-minute five minutes appointments. And as soon as I saw him doing that, I regretted it. And I thought, what am I going to talk to the doctor about for 15 minutes? But the day came, and it was a beautiful day in May, day that I'll never forget. And I went into the doctor and I said, look, I want you to tell me straight, why is Glenn, what, what, what's wrong with Glenn? 
And why is he not learning like the way Lynn learned, like other children learn? And he said to me, he said that Lynn had brain damage. And that brain damage could have been caused by one of his illnesses. He said it was irreversible, that all his life he would need sheltered school life, sheltered home life, and sheltered work life. Now, I found it, and then I got up to go out. I, I, I don't know how I got out, but I got up to go out, and the doctor put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now, I think he, what he was trying to say is, Sylvia, take it one day at a time. Now, I went out, and as I said, it was a beautiful day. Trevor and Glenn were both waiting on me, and there was no seatbelts in those days, and Glenn done what he always did, and he st stood behind me in the car and put his wee arms around my neck. And that's the way we come home. And when I got a chance, I told Trevor, and of course he wouldn't believe it, and he wouldn't take it in. And he says, no. And he says, we'll get a second opinion. And we got a second opinion. And we got a third opinion. And for two years, two years after that, we went from clinic to clinic to doctor, to this and to that, but the result was always the same. Now, during this time, life went on, and on the outside, it looked, it, it looked as if we were just coping and everything else, and we were uh, at our church, we worked very hard in our wee country church, and uh, Trevor was on the vestry, he ran the CLB, I was in the Sunday school, I was in the GFS, I was in the Mother's Union, and you name it, if there was anything there, even at, at, at the harvest time, I, I would stand in the choir and I couldn't sing a note, but I stood there anyway, just to make up the numbers, and that was our life. But one day, there was a prayer meeting in the rectory, and I remember going it. And as I said, on the outside, I, it looked as if Everything was all right, but inside me, it was as if there was a, 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 a hurricane. And I remember we read that night in that Bible study, he read from Romans chapter 5, and he got to verse 3, or half of verse 3, and he said in it, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations. And I could stick it no longer, and I thought, who wrote that? I said this out loud, and all of them looking at me, said, who wrote that? Who believes that you can glory in tribulations? And as soon as I said it, I knew I shouldn't have said it and, I, I, and that. But I remember going home and Trevor and saying, well, how did you get on tonight? And I said, oh, I got on well. I made a complete fool of myself. But that was that. That was this volcano inside me. And then uh, the, uh, Trevor worked in, uh, in the UDR. His shifts changed it. And he couldn't get to church. And why he loved his church? And there was one Sunday and three he couldn't get. And I remember him lamenting to me and saying, oh, I miss church and so on. And I lifted our daily paper and I looked in it and I went through the church notices and I says, there you are, there's one. And it doesn't start at 8.30. You could go to that. 
and I thought that was the end of it. But then he said, oh, that's great, that's great. And then he says, will you go with me? Well, I didn't want to go. Well, it was easier to go than tell him why I didn't want to go. And in October 88, we came to the wee wooden hall on the side of the road. And I remember, I remember looking and coming in and the greeting at the door was very, very friendly. And the singing was very, very good. And I was enjoying it up to the point till the man got up on the pulpit. And I thought, oh, what's he going to talk about? Is he going to tell me to jump for joy, to rejoice in my ear in tribulations? But he didn't. He talked, and I have no idea what his sermon was except for two words. And the way he said them made a difference in my life. And he said, my Savior. And I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I couldn't say them two words the same way as he said them. I was full of church activities. I was full of good living. I was full of that, but I had not that love in my heart. Now, it was on the next Sunday night, and Trevor could go as well, so I wasn't as hard to persuade the next Sunday night. And we went again, and there was tea afterwards. They used to talk about Pat the Baker. But uh, it was tea afterwards, and we stayed, and Bertie came down, and Bertie talked to us. And that night, he led us to Christ. Led us to Christ, led us to salvation. Now, I wish that I could stand here and say, what the song was said you were singing, that I sailed through it with, G, with Christ in the vessel like a smile at the storm. There's sometimes I smiled, and there's sometimes I cried, and sometimes I got it tough, and sometimes I got weary. But about 10 years ago, Trevor's health started to deteriorate. And first of all, it was, he needed a, a triple bypass. And then he was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And then there was infections after infection after infection. And then a couple of years ago, it was Parkinson. And then it was heart failure. And then before Christmas, we were told there's an activity around the prostate area and around the spine. And then a month ago, he had to get, now I need Andrea up here to tell me what he got done, but he got a tube into his, straight into his kidney because his bladder wasn't working properly. And he got a, a tube straight into his kidney. And then he was in the hospital then for 15 days. Then this week passed, he was in the hospital for four days because of infections. And that's the way our life is. Now, sometimes I'm strong. Sometimes I can face, I could be like Goliath, I could face the Goliath. But there's other times I'm not. There's times I get it tough. I get it tough when Glenn says to me at times, what car should I drive? Should it be a Jaguar or a Mercedes or something else? Or what job should I go to? Should I work on a farm? Should I, work, should I drive a lorry? Should I drive a coach or a bus? And inside, you're, you're screaming, you're screaming inside. You can't say to him, no, Glenn, you can't do that. And sometimes Glenn, Trevor says to me, will it ever get better? I don't know the answer. 
I don't know the answer to any of those questions. And sometimes I can say this. Sometimes I can only whisper it. And sometimes I can shout it from the, 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 the rooftops. But I lean on the Lord Jesus Christ and not depend on my own understanding. I acknowledge him because he's in charge of all that I say and all that I do. For my God knows the way through the wilderness and all I have to do is follow. Amen.